0: This is the B-Team Podcast, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I'm sure we get away with some holding too. We just have blue and yellow glasses when we watch games.
1: And I wouldn't be surprised by the end of his career, you start seeing NFL looks. I mean, I, I feel like he's that good. Got him right. Look at us go. We're good at this. It only took us half the season. We've hit our stride, everybody. Yep, you are witnessing your world. Greatness. And this is why yes. we're. Th- this may be our Jordan game.
0: Now, here's Ben and Brendan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the B Team Podcast. I'm Brendan here with my co host, Ben, getting ready to actually have some game action for ourselves here at SCSU, going for the playoffs. I'm pretty excited. Playoffs? Playoffs. Talking about playoffs? Yeah.
1: Technically.
0: Yeah. I mean, if we get Let's real get technical, into it, man. We're talking about playoffs, man.
1: I had the, had the luxury of sitting at home and having a little turkey without having to worry about SDSU playing, which was nice. That's the Gets best.
0: Some, yeah.
1: I'm sure our guys are getting healthy and getting a little rest, which is good. Much needed. Um, what... Uh, any any highlights from the first round for you? We'll get into the picks here in a little, or in the pick recap in a little bit here. But um, I guess did you get to watch very many of the games?
0: Uh, I got to watch some of them. It was kind of busy. Uh, my my uh, weekend highlight was being able to not be snowed in in Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, I got to watch a little bit of them here and there. Kind of had to help out around the folks' house when I was back. But um, there was definitely some surprising results. That's for sure. Something that took me by big surprise. Uh, I don't think, uh, yeah, I mean, especially Wofford and Kennesaw State, didn't see that coming. Um, At halftime, I didn't see southeastern Louisiana doing what they did. And we'll talk, we'll get into them more when we get into the, well, I mean, why not? Let's get into
1: the picks. Let's roll right into them. So we both went five and three, which isn't bad. But you didn't gain any ground, so that's not good for you. It's not for the best.
0: Not what is I was it? shooting for.
1: After this week, your games keep dwindling down, so you better, better start making ground up in a hurry. This is, this is make-it-or-break-it weekend
0: right <laughs> here. Otherwise, I'm sunk. I don't have any <laughs> hope of anything other than... So when my picks are terrible this week, it's because they were solely made to pick up ground. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can give you like actual prediction, and then you can pick against me if you want to. No, that's screwed up. That's cheating. That's so <laughs> cheat. I'm not going to do that. That's a that's a cheap way out. Absolutely <laughs> not. No. Uh-uh.
1: All right. So Monmouth uh, did what we thought they would to Holy Cross. Uh, they were only six point favorites, and they won 44 to 27. Mm-hmm. Covered that spread pretty easily. Patriot um, League is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see what Monmouth does uh, against JMU. Um, obviously, we would love to see Monmouth keep playing well, but JMU is a different different animal than Holy Cross. So, a little bit, yeah. Slightly. So we'll see. We'll see what what kind of momentum they can take into that game. Uh, Central Connecticut showed that they probably shouldn't have been in the playoffs. Albany just whooped them forty two to fourteen. Yep, automatic qualifier though. So they they are. Yeah, Austin P also whooped Furman, which that was pretty surprising. I mean, and I, I, I think we both picked Austin P and thought they would win, mm-hmm. but man, that was a that was a big win, forty-two to six.
0: Yeah, they laid the wood into them. Um I, and
1: they I, were the I, they were the
0: underdog in that game too. Yeah, I mean, I know, uh, I yeah, we both picked them, and I I expected him to win, but. Furman hadn't been beaten by anybody like that this year. That was they came out and flexed some muscle there. I was impressed.
1: Yeah, same here. Um, I was not impressed with uh, Southeastern Missouri. <laughs> um, that was one that you know we were fairly certain that you know Illinois State with the way they were looking that they would just lay down, but man, their defense showed up. They only gave up six points and they won twenty-four to six.
0: Yeah, I mean, they stood up and then ran them the funk over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Robinson had like, what do you have, like 41
1: carries or something stupid?
0: 41 carries. There's, I would bet 50% of the FCS doesn't average MA carries a game total for running backs. Right. I mean, that's nuts. Yeah, that is <laughs> it's, that is crazy. That That's what we used to do with Zenner. Is what that is.
1: I don't so even remember 40. him having forty-one carries that often. Yeah, I
0: don't think he ever had well, that often, or ever. I don't, know if, he, I don't yeah. know if he ever hit forty-one, but right. mean, he, he was a workhorse. But forty-one—that's next level—and he just uh, road graded him. Yep. Yeah, it'll be. Uh,
1: they got a big game against Central Arkansas, which, yeah, that one will be interesting. Central Arkansas has got a better offense than SEMO, I think. Yes. Um, But Illinois State's defense looked really good, and so we'll see how they do next game. Um, The next game we picked was San Diego at UNI, and UNI won by 14, but that game was a lot closer than 14 for most of the game.
0: Yeah, and a late defensive. Was that a defensive touchdown? I believe so, yep. Yeah, it was either a defensive touchdown or it was just a turnover that set the offense up really deep in the in San Diego's red zone because eh, bad beat. I was feeling good about my pick, <laughs> and I felt good. I feel good about what I was thinking and my line of thinking in that game, but the spread yeah. bit me, and that sucks.
1: Yeah, oh. but the good thing for us is you and I's offense continue to not look very good. Right. I mean, I know that San Diego has a decent defense, but it's still San Diego. I mean, you should be able to put up more than seventeen points and i'm I'm pretty sure that last touchdown was defensive touchdown, so their offense only put up ten points right that's not a not a great showing, especially I mean, at, at home is, in the playoffs
0: oh right, and their offense is kinda what it has been and I mean, it's not really going to change. I mean, even when they have their top wide receivers back, uh, their offense kind of is what it is. It's predicated right now off of hitting some long plays when McElvin when McElvin's scrambling around, and if you don't let them do that, they have a hard time. I mean, I don't know. They're on the flip side. Illinois State looked the same way before they came in against us, and that didn't turn out quite so well. So. I'm not going to be overconfident because of the San Diego game.
1: Right. And I did just check that. Their first touchdown was a pick six. Their late one was set up by a San Diego turnover. Okay. Um, but, yeah, they scored that last touchdown with only 254 left in the game. So, I mean, San Diego was only down seven that late in the game. They had the, a chance to tie it up there. So,
0: yeah, they looked like they were – I caught – up to that point of the game, and well, that portion of the game, and it looked like San Diego was making a serious, uh, a t- serious run at going down the field and tying that game up until that pick happened. And, right? Yeah, that was game. That was game over at that point. But yeah, they yeah. put up a heck of a fight against them. That's for sure. Now, with, San Diego has does have two playoff wins in their last three years of making into the playoffs, or, well, four now. So, I mean, they're not a complete pushover. I think that's actually probably better success than, like, the NEC has had, but they're still not a world beater by any stretch.
1: No. And what's funny is before round one, everybody was like, the, you know, the... the Upset pick of the seeds was oh SDSU is going to lose, you know, and everybody's picking oh U and I is going to win that game, right. and now that now that U and I look like they did, they're like ah oh, SDSU is going to win by ten.
0: Oh, <laughs> so. it, f- football analysis is so reactionary this time of oh, year. I mean, if you look at how people were talking about SDSU after the USD game, exactly how could they get the seed over you and I. Well, it. Eight days ago, SDSU beat him by thirty-one points, so that could have a lot to do with it, you know. (laughs) So, I mean, we're not far removed from that game. That game was. It it reminds me a lot of what ends up happening in the NFC North. It feels like in the playoffs, where those teams will play each other right at the end of the season, and then end up facing each other in the first round of the season. Right, like that's happened a lot, and this feels like the same thing where face each other at the end of the season. And we've obviously all been through this rodeo with NDSU and now it's a you and I thing again, and we get to face them again. Yep.
1: Yeah. It kind and of it sinks to have another, another Missouri Valley foe coming in. Um, it's nice to see some fresh faces, but yeah. at the same time, I'm fairly confident, um, against I just because of how we played against them the previous time and how they looked against San Diego, but we'll get more right. into that matchup a little bit later. Um, UND went down to Nichols and oh, Nichols. they they are who we thought they were
0: mm-hmm.
1: the uh, UND I I think southern Illinois probably had a, a pretty good case of getting in over UND um, and Nichols took it to him beat him 24 to six I I didn't check the message boards but I'm sure UND fans had all kinds of excuses for that I
0: have no idea. I, they um, don't post a lot nationally, and they get pretty quiet when they lose. So uh, <laughs> I know their uh, Twitter account wasn't complaining about being ranked anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, maybe more footballing and less tweeting, right? Just <laughs> own It's a thought. I don't know. Look, I'm not a coach, but it's a thought. It's win games, you get ranked, but exactly. Um, no, I, and Nichols isn't a slouch team. The Southland actually was probably closer to the level of the CAA than the CAA was to the Big Sky and Missouri Valley this year. Yeah. In but I just play. I play.
1: So I I thought you and D would put up a bigger fight than twenty four to six. I mean the game was a pick'em, so you expected a close game there. Right. And to only put up six points. That's Just a poor showing, I guess.
0: Right. But, I mean, I think if you look back on their season, all their big wins were at home, and they had all their bad losses on the road. So maybe we shouldn't have been surprised that they laid an egg on the road. I don't know. I think, did I pick Nichols in that game? I believe we both did, yes. Yeah. So I'm not completely shocked. I'm with you, though. You would expect them to score more than six points in that game. And they didn't. So now Nichols gets to be all full of piss and vinegar and Southern confidence going up to Fargo. So uh, we can wave at them as they fly back sad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So another team that we thought would do better was Wofford. And, you know, Wofford had been playing well, plus we thought Kennesaw State were the joke. And Kennesaw State turned out looking pretty good.
0: Yeah, um, If anything, I think this whole weekend was a bigger indictment of the SOCON in general, the Southern Conference, than necessarily. I'm sorry, I'm not sold on Kennesaw, and Monmouth is a decent team, but they're not a great team. So I am not sold even a little bit on the Big South yet. I mean, that that conference is going to have some... Have some serious uh, upside to it here in the upcoming years, but I don't think right now they're anything that special,
1: All right? And then the last game was a really exciting game. Um, Villanova oh and Southeastern Louisiana, um, Southeastern Louisiana, ended up winning by one, forty-five to forty-four, and Villanova just kind of pissed that one down their pants. Um, what? How much were they up by at half?
0: It was thirty-one to fourteen, I believe. Yeah. And I turned the game off and I now deeply regret that. I mean you can go watch a replay, but it would have been way more fun to watch live. Right. Uh, but God, that was that was something. I know I, I picked Sila in that one, but I that talk about storming back, that was something else. That's a big, big comeback.
1: Yeah, and what's crazy is Villanova went up. Went up by a touchdown late and they missed the extra point, which is the reason why they only went up by six. And then Southeastern Louisiana went and scored and scored an extra point. And yeah. that ended up being the difference. So it's almost um,
0: like special teams are important.
1: You know, it is. And that, that's, almost. I had thoughts of when they were, when that happened, I was like, man, I really hope that doesn't happen to us uh, just because of the kicking issues we've had this year. Um, but yeah, I mean that's it's uh, in the playoffs, especially special teams are huge. Just well, ask the just ask a Vikings fan.
0: I was gonna say I saw that and I thought, man, I hope that doesn't you know that's not a kicking issue that like the Vikings would have soon. That would be awful. <laughs> that would just be that just break my heart. I'd be I'm so sad. I'm right sure now. it would. What happened in the Vikings game? By the way, did points were scored and whistles were blown? Is that that about sum it up? You know, I feel like we put on a good showing, but that's uh neither here nor there. This is an FCS podcast. It is. Stay in my lane.
1: <laughs> so, we both went 5 and 3. I'm 65 and 55, you're 58 and 62. You got some major ground to to uh make up and there's only let's see 8 12 14, 15 games left for you, which is you sad. Go, I'm going to need f- to go
0: a little cold.
1: There's only 15 games left in the FCS season.
0: Yeah, that's that It's an unfortunate thing, how fast it trims down, and all of a sudden you're down to two games to watch during the day and
1: right. kaput. Right. That's why we need to, on Saturday, make the best of it, Get out there early. Get some tailgating going.
0: Yeah. Get to the get to the mega tent. Check that out. Mm-hmm. The, and uh, if the mega tent is not set up, it, we may or not have we we will be in the area, and we will be in a large tent. I'm not right. going to publicly say we'll be there. All right, you'll see my flag flying, and you'll figure it out from there. Mega tent should be set up. Um, we might be getting snowblowers out. Because last I heard, there was some snow plowed up where we set the tent up. Ah. Which is pretty sweet. Pretty jazzed. Well, here's the deal. <laughs> I, here's, here's the deal, he says, with a mouthful. <laughs> Sorry. I
1: had some olives with my beer. Um, I hope that the parking lot is full. But... I don't think that it will be. So I think you'll be okay. I'm pretty sure if you wanted to. Although it's hard to stake a tent down in the parking lot. Yeah. So I don't know what you're going to do.
0: We'll we'll figure something will be figured out and done. Hypothetically, in theory, I've heard legends. Let's say legends of some ruffians tailgating in the alumni tent because they don't do the alumni tent. For playoff games, and it's still set up. Yeah, I don't know if it's. I live in Fargo. You know better than me, man. I hope it is. Uh, if we are plowed over, so in theory, if, if legend, that, if legends are true, my memory is pretty foggy. But if that tent set
1: up, before. we should just we should just ask cell if we can host a tailgate there.
0: Um, last time we didn't ask. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You this just time did we. It. This time we could ask. No, you plowed no. over my tailgating spot. That's what happened. It <laughs> might happen. I'm not going to do that. I would never do that. But it'd be or cool. we could just I ask could. them to to move the snow off our tailgate area. Oh, that'd be nifty. We'll see. Listen here, problem solver. Yeah, I'm an engineer. Let me figure this shit out. Yeah, engineer a solution for me, would you? <laughs> It'll work on paper, I'm sure of it. But... <laughs> <laughs>
1: So back to the, the task at hand here, talking about FCS football. Um, yeah, so you and I didn't exactly look great. Um, what, what did you make of the first round games, I guess? Did you think they were quality games? And, you know, I've heard a lot of buzz about people saying that, man, it should only be 16 teams and it should be seeded. Let's let's hear your take on that.
0: Well, I don't think they're awful games. I, I don't think there was any just, like, dog-awful games. I mean, even the Wofford game, that was a close game. Nichols pulled away late against UND. That wasn't a blowout. UNI against San Diego was a close game, like we talked about, all the way to the end. So, really, there was three blowouts and then four pretty good games. That's better than what you get in the NCAA tournament for March Madness. So I, I'm of the opinion that more football is better. Always. I always enjoy more football. Um, and by having 24 teams, you're not adding any, a lot of the argument between with, their having too many teams in the playoff that I hear over and over is that teams don't, there's teams in there that don't deserve to be there. And it's making the playoffs teams have to play too long that are real national title contenders, except really there's no real difference there. That is an argument I've heard anyways. And there's no difference for your seeded teams. Realistically, when you look at the FCS playoffs, very, very, very rarely are teams that are unseeded in the national championship game. Your real national championship contenders are your top eight seeds, generally your top four seeds. You're not going to be hurting or penalizing any of those teams by having the team bracket we have right now, first off, just because they get a buy. So they're getting rewarded for being one of the best teams. And if you're an at large team that didn't get a seed, then, yeah, you got to earn it a little more. That kind of makes sense to me. Um, but the other thing I hear that the other thing about that where people I hear a lot of people want to say, well, it should drop down to 16 teams. You can't do that. It's just never going to happen again. You have to let that go. It's not going to happen. The NCAA is required to, by their laws, give an auto bid to every conference that is eligible. So that makes it 10 conferences right now that accept the bid. They also always offer uh, they offer bids to the Ivy League that turns it down, the SWAC and the MIAC, and they both turn their bids down. They don't... They didn't have those bids taken away from them. They decline them every year. Is how that works. So, do
1: they decline
0: them before the selection
1: starts? I. I mean, because what not if know that. what if one year they're
0: like, okay, we'll participate. I mean, <laughs> in theory, they could. For the best of my knowledge, they could do that, and that would be. God, could you imagine? The Ivy <laughs> leagues all of a sudden like, yeah. We'll take it, yeah. like, day of, like, day of the selection committee. Yeah, we'll take it. Unde- there's like an undefeated Princeton out there who's been, you know, hovering around the top ten, and everybody just collectively shits themselves. <laughs> Which I think everybody would love. I mean, oh, they would.
1: It would be great to see them in the playoffs.
0: Oh, it would. Could, but could you imagine, like, just the outrage on on debate if all of a sudden they're like, yeah, sure, we'll do it, and all of a sudden they end up getting, like, the eight seed, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, people would be so goddamn mad. Uh, I'll be hysterical. Um, But, yeah, that's the way it works. That's why the uh, playoff field expanded to 20 in the first place a ways back Um, was because it was at 16. And then the Pioneer League, and at minimum the Pioneer League, and I think – another conference or two got were given their their automatic blur playoff berth and then you have to add that large bid with that so that puts us at 20 and they're up to 24 so that way they have room for the ivies and the MiAC and the swack to be able to accept their bids and get into the playoffs is the is my understanding of it so the playoff field ain't shrinking anytime soon and if you're going to be a 20 you might as well be a 24 in my opinion then you give every one each one of these top seeds gets the bye week that they deserve Um, a lot of times your teams that are seated are your bigger programs that are generally going to draw bigger crowds you're going to get better crowds out of those teams in their first games I just my personal opinion other than saying well they shouldn't they didn't belong well I mean we go through our blowouts right Well, Holy Cross, automatic qualifier. Central Connecticut, automatic qualifier. Uh, SEMO, I don't know if they won. Did they get the auto bid out of the OVC or not? That's a great question. Because they might have been the automatic qualifier. So you've got one at-large team that got blown out, if that's the case. From the teams that were in the first round. So uh Austin P was the OBC winner. So C was the the at large. Okay. So, you got two at larges that got blown out and every other at large bid either won or put up a good fight. So, yeah, and it's it's
1: kind of a dumb argument because if we did have 16, people would be pissed because there'd be good
0: teams that are getting left out of the playoffs. And well, and the funny thing is it tends to come up more in years like this where the bubble seems bigger or murkier mm-hmm. where you got, where we, you know, we had a whole bunch of teams at eight and four and seven and five and who are you taking? And everybody goes, well, there's no playoff caliber teams. Well, doesn't that make the case for a larger field make more sense if, if you think about it? Cause Oh yeah. When you have more teams that are eligible or have the record at least to make the playoffs and it's hard to decide between your bottom eight teams, doesn't make sense to take a larger swath of them instead of having extra people mad. Right. I mean, I don't know. that. That's I mean, I get it when people say, yeah, there's teams that shouldn't be in the playoffs and da-da-da-da-da. Well, if you end up doing that, then let's pair it all the way down to eight like they used to have it back in the oh. 70s or 80s and just pick top eight teams and go from there because, I don't know. I, I like more football. <laughs> yeah, so do I. <laughs> that's, that's my deal. I don't know. Yeah, sure. You get some weaker teams in, but I mean, what are you gonna? You can't yank auto bids away from conferences that have them, and that's generally how your weak, terrible teams get in. You know, your Holy Crosses and Central Connecticut's. Right. In theory, San Diego should be worse because they have no scholarships whatsoever. But there, they are putting up a good fight again at the Unidome. So. Oh. Yeah, which
1: is impressive. And I guess that's a a little bit of news is that uh Jacksonville, which is a Pioneer League team, correct?
0: Yes. Yes they
1: are. They dropped football altogether.
0: You know what that so means. Some now the Pioneer League's
1: them. Pioneer League's down to nine teams. And There's I an feel opening. like that's an opening for Saint Thomas, if yeah. I'm
0: not mistaken that would give him a nice home.
1: So, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see. Um, I know Augie fans are probably thinking, "Ooh, here we go." But I feel like St. Thomas is first in line for that thing. Well, they absolutely are. They
0: already have the invite from the Summit League to actually go to Division 1. And I don't know if we've talked on it here before, but I don't think the Summit League and this is getting off topic of what we normally do, but um it's relevant to SDSU anyway. It's relevant. It matters. And because uh, then we'd have a, another Pioneer team that's close by to be able to schedule for uh, a bye game in the home in for home games, or that would be one where home and home wouldn't be that awful because you're playing in the Twin Cities for the away game. And I'm sure a lot of Jacks fans would show up pretty much wherever that was played in the Twin Cities. So Getting St. Thomas in, and I think that's what that opens the door for, would be pretty awesome. And that kind of sets them up nicely to be able to go in the Pioneer League. And even if they have aspirations higher, when you're going from D3 to FCS, that's a huge jump dollars and cents wise and institutionally everything down the line. So starting in the Pioneer League without having the... um, costs of going from zero scholarships to 63 Mm -hmm. would probably be the smart way to go and be able to get everything up to snuff where they want it and then move their football program out. If they do want to do scholarship football.
1: Yeah, that, that that's the interesting topic is whether St. Thomas wants to do non scholarship football or if they want to try to do scholarship football and I guess I, if they want to do scholarship football, I don't know where they can land. Well, th- yeah, that's the thing.
0: I mean, in in my guesstimation opinion, if I'm gonna paint with, you know, I'm gonna pretend look into a crystal ball. Um, I still think even if they want to do scholarship football, they've got to find a conference to get in, and they're exactly. only fit is the Missouri Valley Football Conference or the Pioneer. Right. Full stop. That's all they're going to fit into. Western Illinois right now looks like a sinking ship. They don't look like they're going to be long for Division I athletics right now. They just don't. With I mean, they're imploding dorms on campus <laughs> because it's cheaper for them to implode the dorm in instead of pay the upkeep cost to keep it open. So... They're in really rough shape right now, and it wouldn't surprise me if in 10 years Western Illinois decided to go to Division Two. and then if you're St. Thomas, it's easier to swallow a transition if you have a semi-competitive team.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. let's say in this very world, the Missouri Valley does accept you. Can you imagine a team with Division Three athletes trying to even <laughs> play Missouri State? Yeah, that'd be rough. That's a rough deal. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you you want to go Pioneer League first because you'll be able to compete better with those programs. I don't think you're going to be as good, but you will be you might be able to snake off a game or two here and there. And then you can build up to having that type of athlete. And then once you get to the point where you are as good as, like, a San Diego, then jump scholarships and do the, do the thing that way. Yeah. I think it's the the most logical route, but I don't know what their end game is, I guess. But that's the way I would go about it. I would agree with you there. You know, from my bedroom of my house.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'll be, I'm excited to get them in the Summit League because I think that's a great addition for the Summit League. And uh, like you said, uh, maybe they go non-scholarship football first and down the road they go Missouri Valley, which... You know, if they can get up to snuff and and uh, at least, I mean, the thing is, the bottom the bottom side of the Missouri Valley isn't that great anyway. So it's not like right,
0: but it it's not great. But they're still they're not Division three.
1: No, I know, I know. But, it's know. not it's not comparable to that, but. I guess I'm just saying the the step from like a Pioneer League program. Oh, right. To
0: right from, the bottom
1: of Missouri Valley, and it, right. it's tough to say too because the bottom of Missouri Valley is the way it is because of the top of Missouri Valley. It'd right. be interesting if you put a Missouri State or a Southern Illinois in a different conference and see how they do. Right. Probably better for sure, um, but the point is, I think I think they have the. I mean, they're in the right spot to do something like that to make a transition. Right. Probably Pioneer League first, and then eventually, possibly get a Missouri Valley invite down the road. Um, yeah. But just being right in the Twin Cities there—that's—and—and uh, and your only competition in Minnesota is the Minnesota Gophers, and so you know I that mean, as far as D one football right. goes, and so. You know, recruiting wise, I think you have a decent advantage there too because Gophers are are looking for just a different caliber of athlete. So, right, which is dumb sometimes. Sometimes they miss out on some really good good athletes because they don't think they're good enough to play in Minnesota, but then they end up at NDSU.
0: Yeah, it, the people of Fargo and Brookings thank them for that. So exactly, it, it works out just fine. We are more than happy to let them be stupid. It would be interesting to see how that affects recruiting down the road. But um, we, we've pro- speaking down the road. We're way off the ro- off the road. Well, <laughs> per per protocol, yeah.
1: Per protocol, we, as always. Before we start recording, we say this should be a quick one and it wow. and it never is
0: it's not we i mean
1: although we're we're on a good pace here we're going to be considerably shorter than most of our episodes so you're welcome america sure sure we are <laughs> we haven't even started our picks yet all right let's get into them then <laughs> i think we'll go down uh we'll do it bracket style we'll start um at the top side of the bracket and make it all the way down to um, oh, are okay. the bottom half of the bracket, um, that and kind
0: of games that are more relevant to SDSU anyway. Um, so, so the tops. Go ahead. Bookies keeping track, you can just follow easier. You're not having to hunt the games down. You know, copy my picks and try to win money that way. You can just go right down the list on your bracket and keep track of this. <laughs> the it's bookies, professionals.
1: the bookies are going to be listening to us.
0: Maybe why wouldn't they? Or the betters, both. Oh, okay. yeah, probably the betters. I so would think, think probably, probably the better. Probably why I'm not the best at this picks thing. <laughs> oh man! Oh Lord, I'm good at this. You are, yeah,
1: <laughs> just so good. All right, oh, let's let's start out with the the biggest spread of the round two, which is NDSU has Nickel State coming to visit Fargo. And I don't know—is this the first time? Nickel State's been up there.
0: Yes. Oh, um, well, in any time in recent history, yeah. I, I in recent history being like five years to where it would matter. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, God forbid we did any research, but I don't get what's I research. Get, yeah, I don't
0: get paid well enough to do research. <laughs> <laughs> we make these picks. Out of gut instinct and <laughs> made up know how, and maybe some borderline stubbornness and wrongheadedness. Which, with that being the fact, it's impressive that
1: I'm sixty five and fifty five, ten games above five hundred. But toot my it own horn there. I'll give you that. So, NDsu minus twenty eight. As per protocol, I will pick first since I'm leading by a lot at this point. In this one, I will go with – I'm going to go with Nickel State covering 28. That's a big enough spread, and NDSU hasn't been exactly blowing out a lot of teams. I mean, they've been blowing out teams, but compared to their spreads, they haven't been covering by a ton, so
0: I'll uh, I'll take Nickels here. See, I was halfway undecided on this because I thought you were going to go with NDSU. I'm glad you went with Nichols because... Made it easier for you. You made this really easy. Uh, (laughs) Teams' first time in the Dome, experiencing that and experiencing NDSU for the first time historically goes really, really badly for teams. Uh, So I'm taking NDSU all the way to the bank on this one. Yeah,
1: we'll see. It, it is quite the shock to go up there for the first time. Um, but I've seen teams keep games close up there in the playoffs before, so we will see. And unfortunately, those teams have not been named SDSU most of the time.
0: Well, I mean, if you think about it, Georgia Southern even had to have a second time up there to be close. James right. Madison's really the only one I can think of off the top of my head who came in in the playoffs and had a close game and they won that
1: one is that the only one i'm thinking of maybe that's that one's just stuck in my head
0: i mean coastal carolina might have gave a little that's bit
1: of a i was one. thinking coastal carolina but that but must that have been a while a, ago
0: that was a season opening game they've been that they kept really close they've been gone that for was a when time. i moved up to fargo so that wasn't too that was three four seasons ago now all
1: right well i'll We'll see how that one goes. You may have just got a pick on got a got
0: one up on me there. Sneaking one by. Come <laughs> on. Ants, run it up like I know you can. I'd love to do. How many here we should do some prop bets. Like how many times does Ants go for two against Nichols State? <laughs> Could go for two? He do, he's done it almost every game. Hmm. I haven't paid that close of
1: attention. I I couldn't even tell you. I don't have a choice. I live here. <laughs> so let's move on to the second game here. Central Arkansas, which is the eighth seed, is hosting Illinois State. It's coming off their big win against SEMO. Uh, um, they got to go on the road again, though, which can be tough. Um, and they all they have to look forward to winning this game is going to Fargo. So... Mm-hmm it uh i mean obviously they want to keep keep their hopes alive but looking ahead they don't have a whole lot of hope i'm guessing going to fargo but central arkansas is a 2 point dog at home in this one man i'm i was for sure that illinois state was down and out without their qb um I'm not so sure anymore because their defense looked really good against SEMO. i got to take the home team, though. I'll go Central Arkansas here. Plus two.
0: You're going to take UCA. I kind of wanted to take them. The birthday cake, as they call it, for their home field there. If you haven't seen it, tune into that game. They have purple and gray turf. I think it's really cool. 98% 98% of America disagrees with me like most of the time. So um but that, that that's that turf has actually been known to cause some people problems with uh getting their right cleatage figured out when they're down on the field and everything. But Illinois state's been there in the last 3 years, so they should know what's going on. It can't uh, be been... it can't be worse than Houston Washington's stupid red field though. No, it's not. Have you seen
1: it? I just I just looked it up. It's not that bad. It's just purple no. and gray, purple
0: and gray stripes. Yeah, yeah I think it's pretty cool, personally. It, Why do they it, call it the birthday cake? Oh, you because know, it's striped. All right,
1: I don't remember I don't, how many. It's a stri- phone thing, man. I don't know how many
0: striped birthday cakes I've seen in my life. But. <laughs> Enough. I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've seen it. Ban- I've seen that term bandied about before. I don't know. It's. A, it's I don't know. I. It's, I've just seen that name. That's that's all I got. Anyways, um, I like Illinois State to win this game. I actually do. Those were the two that I was torn the most on, and you picking the other way was easily enough for me to flip my mind and kind of put me at ease on making the pick. So, I mean, it's rough for you to start 0-2 like this, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Illinois State fighting Robinsons to just run down <laughs> run down the Southland Southland team. Yeah, I I think there'll be a little regression here for Illinois State.
1: You know, with how they looked against Youngstown. You know that it can only it's not a fluke. Um that's just
0: burned into your brain, isn't it? Yeah. I mean Or are you more mad that we talked about that game so much Without knowing that Davis was hurt. <laughs> we were so damn confident in that line. But, yeah. And then we got done with the podcast and he texted me going, Oh, dude, <laughs> Davis is out. Did you know? <laughs> yeah, I think I you're am, being
1: petty. I'm a little butthurt on that one. But man, they, they gave up. It was Young Sun State beat him 21 to 3 with nothing to play for. Yeah. I mean that Surprise. it's one thing. Yes, we lost to USD, but we had four fumbles and we still only lost by three points. They had, they had one. They didn't even lose a fumble, and they lost by eighteen points. So I mean that that's just different. So yeah. I think, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Central Arkansas here. I'm confident about it. And confident, you're wrong. Right. Next game, we got Montana State number five seed hosting Albany. It's coming off their big win against Central Connecticut. Montana State is a nine point favorite in this one. This is tough because Montana State was up and down this year. And that is a fairly large spread. I should have checked. Good size spread. I should have checked the weather in this one because. Playoff football in Montana can get pretty dicey.
0: Well, remember, Albany, New York isn't some southern school either. This is true. They should be they used to are it. Familiar with the elements. You know, Montana State's kind of on a
1: roll. I'm gonna and the big sky was very strong this year. I'm gonna go with Montana State, minus nine here.
0: Right off. Well, I'm gonna go with Albany.
1: All right. <laughs> I mean, is I that, Albany, a, is that a contrarian take... pick,
0: or were you for real? Like, no, um, it's just such a big line. I don't know. All Albany, is. I think, is a decent team. Um, yeah, I mean, State, they finished second. They finished second in the CAA, so they're no slouch. Yeah, I don't think Montana State is as good as their spread, the score margin in their game against Montana made them look, and. I'm going to take Albany. I don't think Albany wins, but I think they'll be within seven or so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that line's probably inflated due to their big win against Montana. But there again, I mean, like I said, they're on a roll. They end the season with four wins.
0: I mean, I do think the Big Sky is way better than the – I think that of the Power 3 conferences, the CAA was by far the worst. And yeah. JMU is going to be the last amigo left after this weekend. So, not so you think Mon-
1: you think Montana State's going to win, but just not not by yes, not by that much, just not by that much. Gotcha. It's a long so, road trip to go out and make and win. It is another Big Sky team, Sacramento State, looking to make a statement. Uh, they're the number four seed, and they have a tough Austin P team coming to Sacramento State and they are a big 13 point favorite in this one that's a big line that is that's surprising i mean it, they got a good offense but
0: don't get me wrong Sac state when they've been beating teams they've been beating them but wow that's a big line yeah yeah i got to i got to go with the points
1: here i'm going to take austin p plus 13 yeah, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna take Austin P
0: there as well. And, that, just God, that's a lot of points to eat. And I mean, Sac State's real good. Don't get me wrong, but boy, that's a lot of points to eat.
1: Yeah, I mean, on one on one side, I wouldn't be totally surprised to see Sac State win by that much, just because they do have that type of right. offense. But at the same, I mean, Austin P hasn't lost a game. Their biggest loss this year is to, by eight points, and that was to a seed at Central Arkansas. So, I mean, that, right. that's a good OVC team. So, I think that
0: line's a little inflated. Yep, I'm on board with you there. I think uh, Sac State wins probably by like 10 or so. Yep, if they run away with it, I wouldn't be surprised either, though. they, I think I punched up the numbers a while back and when I did our blind spreadsheet challenge, and I mm-hmm. think they had the largest margin of victory out of anybody. They're winning yeah. their games by an average of like, 22 points or something silly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a animal. Right. That plays into the spread, but, yeah. I think being a playoff game, it'll probably be a little closer. So then we got uh, number three, Weber State, has Kennesaw State coming to town. And Weber State is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. I will take Weber State. I'm still on the Kennesaw State as a joke train. And I think Weaver State is
0: a very good big
1: sky team that uh, takes it to them.
0: Yep. Weaver State Woodhouse is on this one. Yep. Just boat race the dog spit out of them. Come on, Weaver, don't let me down. Right. And
1: here's the deal if you're thinking about following our picks that we're really confident about, don't because (laughs) we're (laughs) terrible. (laughs) The the last. If we're sure, we're wrong. Last week, the two we were the most confident about didn't even get close to covering. So,
0: stone cold locks or just swings and misses, <laughs> baby, yeah. And then, I mean, hey, we still would have made money off our picks, but goodness,
1: right? But yeah, <laughs> chances are you're putting more on the on the confident ones, so right. that's unfortunate. So then we've got number six, Montana has southeastern Louisiana coming to their place. And Montana's 11-point favorite. That's another pretty big spread. But I think Montana bounces back after losing to Montana State and gets back on track. And uh, that's a pretty long road trip for Southeastern Louisiana, and I'll take Montana minus 11.
0: Uh, Here's another one where I'm counting on the points to save me. So I think Southeastern Louisiana is going to lose, but I think they can keep (laughs) it closer than that. So... I will go and take southeastern Louisiana from down in Thibodeau. Nope, that's Nichols's in Thibodeau. I think they're in Hammond.
1: I could not. Yep, yeah, Hammond that how did you pull Hammond
0: out of your ass? Because I knew that both of those were from Louisiana towns and one's from Thibodeau and one's from Hammond. That is an
1: impressive statistic. Or not go statistic, ahead look fun up fact. Nichols.
0: Look up where Nichols is.
1: I'm guessing it's in Thibodeau. Yeah. Good
0: luck spelling it.
1: Uh is it spelled like the coach? Maybe. Then I know how to spell it.
0: Too many vowels and an X. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. I'm I'm on it. Thibodeau. Yep. You win. Woo! Fun facts from Brendan. The best segment of the podcast.
0: <laughs> Welcome to FCS Geography with Brendan. <laughs> Today's team of the day is Nichols. So you're taking Southeastern Louisiana plus eleven? Yes, I will take the points. I don't think they win, but I think they can keep it close. I, I hope see. they can keep it close. I gotta catch you.
1: Not about it. I mean they did score a lot of points against Villanova, but I I feel like Villanova was kind of a poser though. We will see. So then we've got the Monmouth-JMU game, which, assuming we beat you and I, would be who we play, would be the winner of that game. Yes. That's a very large spread. 23-point JMU favorite at home. It's a huge spread. And I'm going to go with it. I think JMU takes it to him.
0: Well... That's probably a smart pick, (laughs) but JMU does have something of a history of struggling with teams from small conferences for whatever reason, Colgate, (laughs) and Monmouth is not a joke because they did go to Montana (laughs) and put up a decent fight there, so... With being the playoffs and Monmouth looking to prove something, I think JMU is going to be looking to coast maybe a little bit in this game, even if it is a playoff game. So I'm going to go ahead and take Monmouth to hang with them. They're going to lose, but I think they lose by 21.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad pick. That's a lot of points to play with. 23 is a large spread. Um, I would love it for Monmouth to expose some weaknesses that we can exploit. Right we'll see
0: um I mean, I'm, you know this is mommas super bowl
1: yeah for sure Yeah. yep so. yeah hopefully they get make a good showing i'm hoping to watch rewatch that game assuming we win i'll, I'll rewatch that and cuz i haven't been able to watch a jmu game all year so i i don't know how good they are um it's Thanks it's low sports it's yeah it's uh it's Easy to say that, you know, uh, JMU is not as good as they were just, you know, based on the fact that the CAA wasn't as good as they were, you know, when we played right. them last. Right. But, you know, I I don't really know, I guess, how good JMU is at this point.
0: Right. I haven't seen enough of them. I just know they're good and went undefeated. So, they got to be pretty good, but they've also had some teams give them a run for their money that shouldn't have. So, we're Did they go undefe- find out?
1: Did they go undefeated?
0: Outside of their FBS loss, yes.
1: Oh, FBS is their only loss. Gotcha. All right. So then we get to our big game against UNI. Boom, boom, We are favored by seven and a half, which is a very tough spread.
0: That's a mother of a spread. Yep. You want to talk it's- about it? Nah, I don't. You want to talk it out? No, tell me, tell me how you feel.
1: I don't. I don't think we should talk about this game. No, uh, <laughs> <feel good. laughs> we'll just end the podcast now.
0: <laughs> and we're out. Bye.
1: Yeah. So, I guess we'll. I'll just pick against the spread for now, and then we can talk about the game. I'm going to go with the SDSU covering. I. I like the way that we looked against them. I don't, I don't have faith in you and I's offense. And I, I think we, we get some guys healthy. I'm hoping that either Strong or Wilson or both are back. And we can do some damage on the ground and keep the ball out of the air and not fumble and just take care of business. So I'll take SDSU minus seven and a half.
0: Yes, I'm going to go with you on that. Um, I'm taking SDSU. I'll eat the points because I think we hang on to the ball again. Um, it will be interesting excuse me, to see how and uh, I defends now that they saw what we do with Heidi. That's going to be a very interesting... Dynamic is the how they defend us after seeing what we did to them the last time just two weeks ago and having the game tape of who you played against and what they do. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a huge interesting chess match if we are forced to change it up. How do we do that? What happens? But I think you're right. Our defense is going to be able to lock that offense down again. I really look for our, our defensive line to have another monster game. Last game at home, Roseboom's going to be flying all over the place. Really looking forward to seeing him play one last time at home. Uh, So everybody should get out there to see stuff like that. I mean, that guy's a legend. So it's your last shot to watch him. Get your tail out there and watch. It's going to be a blast. Um, But, yeah, I think we do well enough on defense to get a, you know, 10 to 14 point win. Out of this one, as long as we hang on to the football, right? It Don't was nice, ball,
1: yeah. It was nice to uh, Stig did a KWSN spot yesterday, and the first thing you know, they asked him, okay, what's the keys to the game? and he said, you know, ball security, which was good to hear. At least he acknowledged it. Um, I would hope that he's been acknowledging it prior to this point. But right. I mean, it was it was very clear after the USD game that this is a big problem, right? And you know, he acknowledged the fact that you know we could be nearly undefeated if we had held on play, you know, played cleaner football and held on to the ball more. So I think that'll that's definitely going to be an emphasis this week in practice, and hopefully the guys take it to heart. And um, you know, right. I. We we talked about a way to provide you know ball security drills. I'm, I'm still open to right the drop <laughs>
0: kicks. You know from <laughs> from students. You know you said you said I was glad to hear Stig say it. And I'm like, oh, he's gonna say they employed our random student attack ball strategy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if,
1: if they don't do it, I might, I might have to do it myself. I'm just gonna be <laughs> sitting in the door, just inside the door to the rotunda, waiting for a football player to walk just in, slap his books out of his hand. I'm gonna toss the football to him, and then I'm gonna tell him. Or I'll even give him a fair warning that I'm gonna drop kick him at some point.
0: <laughs> at some point. <laughs>
1: Don't worry, I know your
0: schedule. <laughs> hey man, it's it's all for the team. Uh, no, we just Don't worry, CJ. I haven't followed you. I haven't stalked you for that <laughs> long, but I do know where your cleanses are.
1: <laughs> hey, anything for that Natty, man. <laughs> but no, so you what you mentioned uh you mentioned uh Roseboom's last game. Are there any other seniors that we should highlight? And hopefully it's not our last game. Hopefully we can take care of business and either Monmouth shocks JMU or um, either Weaver State or Montana, or, or we would need both Weber State and Montana to lose, and then we could potentially host the uh, game after JMU if we beat them. But beyond um, Roseboom, you know, the, the nice thing about this team is we don't have a whole lot of seniors that play right. significant minutes, which bodes well for future future SDSU um, teams. You know, we've got Marshawn Harris, who's coming back mm-hmm. and sounds like we'll be playing in this game. And Mikey Daniel is a big senior. We'd like to send a shout out to him. Um, You know, he's been huge. You know, at the beginning of the year, everybody's talking like, "Man, we just got too many backs. You know, we're never going to be able to give get these guys (laughs) the ball enough." The
0: carries spread around. Well, Mikey gets them now. That's how that goes,
1: right? So, I mean, Lance Eide, he's a guy that contributes on special teams all the time. He's been making plays out there. Austin Smenda has been a part of the D line rotation. Luke Sellers, it was sweet. I mean, didn't get the win at USD, but it was sweet seeing him get his touchdown at USD.
0: Right. That was awesome. That was absolutely phenomenal. That was a sick play.
1: Yeah. And we've got actually, we've got a lot of senior offensive linemen. Um, Matt Clark, Wes Ganant, who's back, mm-hmm. um, he could potentially redshirt. Hopefully he doesn't, because that would probably mean that we went all the way to national championship. Yep. And uh, Evan Greenway's a senior. Grant Schmidt, um, Adam Anderson's a big senior name. Um, right. You know, he's been such an unsung hero the whole time he's been here. And you know, shout out to that guy. He just works his ass off the whole game. Mm-hmm. And you know, he doesn't doesn't get a whole lot of passes thrown his way, but when he does, he takes advantage of them. And when he doesn't, he's just blocking his ass off out there, and he's a big part of our success in the run game. Yep. Cal Hard at tight end, he's a big one, um, especially with you know the injury to um, Hines earlier in the year. Um, he stepped in and you know um, is doing a lot of run blocking, which he's known for. But he's also been doing some pass catching as well. Um, so he's been big. Ryan Areth is huge on the D line. And then Spence Spencer Spencer Hilldahl is another D line guy that is big. So bunch of senior names there. Um I might have missed a couple. Let's see. Chase Vinateri.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say Vinateri.
1: And then uh Jacob Brown. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, hopefully Vinateri can um end his career in Brookings, or I mean continue his career, but end it in Brookings the right way right. by uh making some big kicks. Hopefully it doesn't come down to that, but if it does, I've got faith in him. He's uh, yep. he's had some troubles this year, but I think he's been looking kicking the ball better towards towards the last couple games. So
0: yeah, he seemed to have found a stroke again. So see him go out on a high note, bang through a fifty five yarder or something. Just not one that's really not super needed, but it'd be fun to watch one, you know, in like the second quarter sometime.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: That's
1: right. I'm so, yeah, I mean, I guess as far as like keys to this game, you know, I think we already touched on it the turnovers, you know, if we mm-hmm. if we take care of the ball, we will win this game. It's that simple.
0: Yeah, we take care of the ball, I think we should win this game. Um I'm still going to be really interested to see how their defense reacts to what we did with Heidi in our last matchup with them, because Farley is a lot of things, but he's not a bad defensive coach. And you know, having a quarterback put up numbers like they did it, like you did against him, um, he's going to have some tricks up his sleeve. So we've got to limit turnovers, and not just turnovers, but big turnovers in our own red zone or pick sixes and stuff like that. If we stop that from happening, control the line of scrimmage with our our big hosses up front, let those big offensive linemen just rumble down a a big open highway for those boys to run out of the backfield, I think we'll be all right. But again, like we've said all year, I still will bet you that everybody's going to be mad at halftime. Hmm. They'll be mad about a timeout that was used at the wrong time. Uh, They'll be (laughs) mad that the game's too close and that half the play calls were really stupid. And then in the second half, if we don't turn the ball over, we start to pull away in the end again. Yep. And then everybody will be happy and forgot what happened in the first half. (laughs) And we'll all pretend we never said what we said. And we'll all just be happy about going to beat JMU in the next round. That's right. It is
1: a good point, though, you know, with the way that Heidi beat them was by short, high-percentage throws. And I think that's... USD to, did a great job of taking those away, and that's why we saw Heidi hold onto the ball too long because those initial short reads that he was hitting in the UNI game weren't there. Right, and so yeah, if if UNI makes that adjustment, it's going to make his life a lot more difficult. Hopefully, um, our offensive coaches are aware that that's going to happen. I mean, if if we right. can think it up, I would think that they can
0: think it up. <laughs> right. But, I mean, on the flip side, Heidi also passed for over 300 yards that game. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I, he was terrible. But I'd like to think if he puts up 300 yards against a, against you and I, uh, we'll be sitting pretty for how the game turns out.
1: Yeah, as long as we don't turn the ball over four out of 12 positions.
0: Yeah, don't turn the ball over. Have we said that enough? <laughs> on, don't turn the ball over. <laughs> don't fumble. Don't fumble. Don't fumble. That... Hang on the ball. Hang on the ball. Yeah, if only it was that easy. Yeah. I did I it's did see cuz I could just <laughs> say it.
1: Right. I did see a good post that somebody replied to you on AGS where the amount of fumbles we've lost has been way outside the norm.
0: Oh, would, yeah, for for fumbles we've had and the number of fumbles we've lost out of the times the ball has hit the turf, mm-hmm. the percentage is just way out of whack. But also like they mentioned, it's like you flip a coin. Just because you flip a coin 100 times doesn't mean it's going to land 50 heads 50 tails. Every time you flip a coin, that starts back over at 50-50. So if you're an optimist, you're going to say, well, they are going to start flipping our way. If you're a pessimist, you're going to say, well, it's going to keep going like this until next season, so stop fumbling the ball. (laughs) So (laughs) Yeah, I mean the, the ultimate the ultimate cure is just to not
1: fumble it. But <laughs> right, I mean the the chances that we keep losing as many fumbles as we do aren't good. I mean it should go down. It's about a fifty fifty well, shot of whether you lose it or, or you keep it.
0: But I mean, so far this hasn't been the season of good bounces for us. So I am of the opinion let's just limit those chances as best we can. I would agree do that take care of business and hopefully we're
1: on here next week talking about a trip to JMU absolutely all right well with that do you have anything else for the people no all right get your butts out there Um, we got plenty of ticket options I'll be tweeting out something about a getting a group together Um, if if we can get 15 people we can buy $15 tickets you guys can stop by the tailgate, pick up your ticket, and we can all go sit together and be rowdy, um, which should be a good time. So, um, look for that tweet along with this podcast, and uh, we'll see how many people we get. Maybe we can get that set up. So, but besides that, you can get out there, bring friends, uh, buy extra tickets, especially if they're only fifteen bucks a pop. Okay. Buy buy a couple extra find some people to go and bring them along and I'll guarantee they'll have a good time so let's do it alright well with that go big go blue go Go Jack.
0: this has been the B-Team Podcast remember to like and subscribe as well as follow Jack Rabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter don't have your hopes too high we're gonna give her our A-effort but we are the B-Team average that out I'm not sure on the math. Words. There's, you can throw letters in with math, and I don't like it. Now, here's Ben and Brennan. Brandon. Brennan. Now, here's Ben and Brendan. Here's Bren. Brandon. Brennan, Brennan.